Welcome to the Me, My Thoughts, and Eyes podcast, the podcast that's a collection of random thoughts from a scatterbrain. I am your host, Jenks. Listener discretion may be advised. I know folks talk about this a lot when it comes to advertisements, but I also really don't like how if I'm having a conversation and we might mention a particular person and then I open up my Instagram and it goes straight to their picture. Like, I ain't, I ain't too comfortable with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, this happened way too many times over the past couple of months or longer for it to be just a oh, coincidence. Because you know it's not even like, oh, it just so happened that that's the newest pic that was posted. Because you know that Instagram doesn't even have a chronological feed anymore. just been thinking about uh poverty and 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 redistributing wealth and was just things i want to learn more about it and take more action in um especially for this new year coming up be more active take play a more active role in that um because i just really think about it if you think about just how much wealth it is in this world or even just focusing in on america is is no reason why for example People in Flint got dirty water. There's no reason why. And it's not even just Flint. There's so many other places. Heck, I was even thinking about when I was home. And I was having my mama up. I was like, yo, is that water always this brown? She was like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's the water. It's the water company. It's, I mean, it was a little bit darker than it normally would just because we had got a lot of rain. And that starts messing with the whole system or whatever. But she was like, no, nah, it's usually like it has a light tint. And I was like, oh, maybe that's why my skin was always so irritable when I was living at home. But, you know, but not even putting us on a level of of Flint, but it's still just like it doesn't this doesn't make any sense to me. Um, why people can't have better standards of living. Um, and 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 I think about even with my own situations, like I don't. I ain't balling, but I ain't poor. It's like, why? I got a nice spot. It ain't big, but it's nice. It's it's comfortable. It's well built and taken care of. Why? You know why? Why is it so hard for that to be the standard for everybody across the board? Um, and I know why because you have people who feel that uh, folks aren't deserving of that, and you know you get into all the systematic of. Uh, levels of racism about it so that's that's not lost to me of course but it's, it's really just like when you look around and you really just think about how much money people have like a, a average nba nba player might be a multi-millionaire and their money is still dwarfed compared to a warren buffett bill gates other folks so it's like that's just can't even fathom the wealth gap here right and it's crazy and and there's really just no reason why people shouldn't have basic access to clean water, uh, healthy edible food, um, good education, uh, and, and you know workable or livable wages. Uh, people talk a lot of trash about 
uh, service position, people in service positions, such as working at McDonald's, but you're still eating it. Like these are a necessary part of our economy. There's no reason why these folks shouldn't be able to be paid at a, a rate that they're able to live and eat off of. And I'm not saying necessarily that, I mean, when you think about socialism, social, um, society, like in, in that, that manner, some people might think, well, oh, what you think a person that work at McDonald's should be paid the same as a doctor. And I'm not saying that, and that's not necessarily the case. I, I think it's more than enough wealth to go around for everybody to be for the baseline for everybody to be more than decent and there still be room for other people to have more you know um it's just that i think so much some people it's hard to imagine or they don't want to imagine it because i think it's so ingrained within us that our ideas of six success is stringent upon the failure of others so it's like how do i know I'm doing good if there ain't nobody doing worse than me, you know, so and there's and there's a lot of people out there that feel like folks deserve the situations they're in. But so they feel like, oh, if you living in the streets, then, you know, that's just you. That's what you deserve. You ain't work hard enough. That whole mentality. So some our, our minds are so wrapped around that. And it's like there's no reason, you know, you don't deserve to have these this good education and and drinkable water because for whatever reason, you did something to to not be afforded that. And that's that's not the case. Um, and I got to this thought. I mean, I think about it quite often, more, much more often these days. But I, whatever reason, I was just randomly thinking about um, nepotism and all that. And, and the idea of how with some singers or actors, etc., how it's easier for them to be... A, Expose or get exposed when they come from a family that is well is more well to do basically just because you have more opportunities than other and this and that's what you should do generation to generations you want to build upon uh, your platform for your your kids and futures to start at a higher level than than you were on that's and there's nothing wrong inherently with that but I guess just the way that our society is structured so many people's platforms that they're building upon is built on the backs of others. And then you have some people who don't have a platform at all and are actually in a hole and they've just been working, trying to climb their way out if they can. So yeah, that's somehow how I end up getting, which makes sense how I got to redistribution of wealth and, and all that. So yeah, that's, that's something that, going forward or in this year and, and, and beyond i want to make sure that i am actively working towards and and studying on so on my already healthy list of of readings and and all that i have to take a more active role or i have to add more on that so yeah For anybody watching Surviving R. Kelly, it's it's a lot, ain't it? It's just, it's, it's it's a rough ride. But I implore anybody to watch it if if it's not too triggering for you. I know that's a lot of, of stuff to talk about, but it's 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 really uh <clears throat> revealing. Like it's not surviving, but it definitely 
I think goes into some nuances that I wasn't expecting. And then it also highlights some, a lot of things I didn't know. I mean, I knew enough, but not everything. Like I think most of us, we know there's the Aaliyah. We know there was something with Aaliyah. He may or may not have been married. Although I'm like, I'm pretty sure like him being married was well known. But from what I've been talking to other people, it seemed like that surprised a few people. Um, we definitely all knew about the tape. And in the recent years, we know about the coat, although some people feel different ways about that. Um, maybe getting that a little later. But we, we've we known enough that, like, nobody should be supporting this man, of course. But he's still been able to thrive. And I think that, or I know that this documentary, what it does, a lot of it goes into why that's the case. You know, it, it kind of examines us as a society and, and how it's systems in place have allowed it for him to thrive as well as there's clinical psychologists kind of looking in and, and adding some extra context and stuff behind this, explaining his actions. And it's really interesting, but something was that was said um, in regards to Aaliyah as they were sort of wrapping up that segment earlier on was that, as a society, we let we let the um, marriage to Aaliyah go by saying because um, we're like, oh, okay, maybe that's just a one-off thing. You know, she is kind of wise beyond beyond her years, carries herself older, and looks a little older or something like that type of situation. Even though she's fifteen, but yeah, but anyway, saying that this sort of wise beyond her year, years thing made me think about this report. I read called Girlhood Interrupted the Erasure of Black Girls Childhood by Rebecca Epstein, Jamila Blake, Talia, uh, Talia Gonzalez, uh, produced by Center on Poverty and Equality at Georgetown Law. And I will find that link. I got a physical copy in front of me, but I will find that link and um, share it. I think this came out in 2016, maybe, maybe 2017. I can't fully remember. But basically what this, this article uh, talks about is how, how black girls are perceived to be older than their peers and not even just compared to white girls, but even compared to black boys. And I know we talk a lot about how black boys are often perceived to be older and perceived to be as grown men and therefore as a threat, which in some cases is used to justify the different um, harsher and more severe punishments black boys received as well as pro police brutality and all of those things. But it's interesting that which what this report and honestly what this documentary and, and so many other people are getting at is that that black girls get overlooked in that. And the fact that they are perceived to be old, older more than black boys are. So uh, a lot of what the report talks about more so in the realm of uh i guess school and education a lot uh talks about being you know reprimanded and disciplined more frequently and uh severely than others but it also mentions how black girls are perceived to be uh perceived to know more about sex and know about more about adult topics so basically just are treated as adults um, from very early age. And that plays into sort of 
the comments on Leah and, and how R. Kelly gets by or one of the reasons why he gets by with his uh, treatment of black girls is because people look at them as, oh, they know what they're doing, uh, little fast girls, they hot in the pants, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and I'm, I'm sure I'm, you've all heard this, somebody say that about some girls, like them little fast girls around the corner, like you hear that all the time. And so that gets kind of, it, 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 it plays a role into the victim blaming instead of looking at like, yo, this is a grown man who is 30 plus 40, however old this man is now 60 and still hollering that even if she looks older, which I, I still like, you could, you know, a 14 year old, you know, a 14 year old, ain't no way, you know, a 16 year old. And, and even if they look older and you from looks didn't know, as soon as they open their mouth or definitely as soon as they tell you who it is, there's, you know, there's no excuse, but yet for some reason, society finds it as an excuse. But there's one thing that popped in my head about this. Um, I also do appreciate that it, the doc shared, um, that it's not just a black thing. They talked about, I think, El yeah, Elvis and uh, what's this man, Jerry Lee, Lewis, Jerry Lee Lewis, and probably a couple other folks. And yeah, it's and and honestly, it's it's deeper than that. And it's not just a celebrity thing, too, right? So some people were a little worried. Some folks I was talking to when first watching it, as well as looking on Twitter, because for about the first twenty minutes or so, it's kind of like humanizing R. Kelly. And people were real worried about that. And they're like, oh, we not, this is not what we came here for, per se. But um, Feminista Jones on, on Twitter was like, yo, I've seen this documentary. Just this plays an important role. And it lets you just realize how sinister it is. You know, keep watching. And, you know, it really took off. Like I said, that was only like 20 minutes out of a whole six-hour uh, documentary. But, yeah, it's it's important. It's, it's important for a couple of reasons. One, I think is important because, and, and I've seen some people speak on this as well, that it, it lets it be known that yes, R. Kelly is this, this monster and he's done these crazy things. But at the same time, he's a, just a person, right? This, this is not just R. Kelly. He's not that extraordinary in that respect like this can be anyone this is your family members is your friends your community members like this happens it's so much bigger than him so that's that's one aspect of it and and the other is um which is annoying so much to see because people will this is one in the many ways people will cape and i've seen people cape is like because r kelly was uh molested as a child himself so, but that's, that's no excuse, right? Your trauma is not an excuse for committing trauma against anyone else. Not at all. And it's just so interesting to see people bend their back and use that as a stretch, uh, to cape for him. But it's like, I know y'all not caping for, if a white boy goes off and commits a mass shooting because he was bullied or he was, uh, tease or didn't get some girl he felt entitled to i don't know like name a reason and like folks will i'm sure he's saying folks would claim all, up all day up and down all day that yo that's no reason to go and you know commit these atrocities like keep that same same energy for r kelly right you know like keep that same energy for this man who's out here 
uh, destroying lives and, and harming black people, you know, <clears throat> but yeah, that's just a couple of things that came to my mind about it. Like, like I said, this stuff is a lot, it goes deep. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting just to kind of see what becomes of this. And because the wildest thing to me is just that we sitting here watching this like, yo, this joint is crazy. But then this man is probably doing the exact same thing. He's just chill, probably chilling in the house watching it. Like, yo, that is wild, dog. That's crazy. But I don't know. We, I'm, I'm curious to see what happened. Definitely a lot of folks are getting exposed for their misogyny and, and all this online caping for them. I didn't even want to turn on my Twitter. I'm not Twitter, but um, I was on Twitter. My my Twitter is curated, so I don't see a lot of stuff that I don't need to if I don't go to it. But Facebook, I was like, man, I don't even want to look at that. So <laughs> yeah, but I'm 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 really am curious. We're gonna see what's gonna happen. But this is a lot. Um, this is a step. I'm I'm just just really surprised to see this documentary that has done so well out there. Um. These are conversations I engage with others a lot now, these days, like on online and in person, but and through text and all that. Um, but I don't. This is kind of like the first time that I can think of that I've seen this type of conversation happen on TV. So I'm I'm really curious to see where it goes from here. I find it really interesting that um, when it comes to like musicians and. And some other entertainers, really only John Legend was uh, willing to come speak on the documentary. Um, especially considering some of the folks that names I saw that were reached out to, uh, to talk to that did that declined. So uh, I think Jay-Z, Lil' Kim, Dave Chappelle, probably much more, but those are three off the top. And Dave Chappelle is one that... I find really interesting, especially considering how much he tends to speak out on racial and political and social issues and all of this. So I was like, hmm, I find it interesting that you didn't have anything to say. And I'm saying this as a Dave Chappelle friend, but, fan, but um, that don't mean I can't be critical because he played, he's not solely responsible for this, but he played a role in. Um, you know, turning these actions into just a punchline, right? Uh, if you think about his P on you, uh, parody video, like that's, that's what it did. Um, it's like, oh, this is something we can make fun of, right? It's not something that we really need to concern ourselves with, you know, putting this man behind bars or actually, you know, trying to stop him from continuing this behavior, but it's something we can all laugh at, right? And, is and it also and they touched on that some in the um in the doc as well but it it really just it stripped away the uh pedophilia part of it right the fact that yo this is child pornography we're talking about here it's just like oh r kelly likes to pee on women during sex so let's make uh jokes about that that's weird right let's make jokes about those kinks and and whatever and then that's it like you they didn't have no no kids in the video he didn't have no no signs in the video of, of or 
of the women being like, oh, I'm actually 14. No, he had grown women in the video. So it's it's like we're not even it's like you just completely looking over all of that pedophilic stuff right there. And same thing happened with other aspects, like so many rap lines that became, I don't know, Yellow Diamonds in my watch look like R. Kelly pissed on or something like that. Like it's so many random punchlines that I've done I've heard that were something like that where people were just talking about the peeing aspect and not the fact that it's little girls. And even if somebody did talk about the fact that you mess with little girls, it still is like I'm stating it matter of factly, but I'm not saying that it's a problem. I'm just using it as a punchline. And you put Aaron Magruder in this as well. I don't know if he was reached out to to speak on the doc or anything too, but his episode of Trial R. Kelly, although a little different from Dave Chappelle's parody, it was more of a social commentary and I think tried to add a little more nuance and say, lean more towards saying like, yo, this is wrong. But it didn't, I don't think it really got taken that way by us. It was just kind of adding fuel to the fire of being, hey, this is something funny. You know, this is something to be joked about. Um. So, yeah. So I just find it interesting that that Dave didn't come speaking. I just want to say, and don't judge me, and don't take my black card, but for a long time, longer than I want to admit, I kind of thought that I believe I could fly was the Black National Anthem. I'm just putting it out there. We're going to be honest. This is, you know what I'm saying? I feel like this is a safe space. But because... As was mentioned in the doc, like that song was everywhere. I think it actually was my middle school national anthem. I have to ask the homie that to confirm, but I'm pretty sure it was. Like that song just was everywhere. Um, I heard it in church, school, obviously, uh, any special events. Like it just got sung all the time. So that's why. And I mean, my school is pretty black too. So that's probably why I thought it was. I didn't realize until. Like I said, older than I want to admit that it's actually Lift Every Voice and Sing. Um, because I just, I only heard Lift Every Voice and Sing in church sometimes. I didn't hear it like that. So I was, but I heard, I believe I could fly everywhere. So forgive me. I apologize. Blame society. Don't blame me on that one. Um, <laughs> don't judge me. Thank you for listening to the Me, My Thoughts, and Eyes podcast. I greatly appreciate it. 
please follow my blog at me, my thoughts and eyes. That's I spell E Y E S dot WordPress dot com. Follow me on Twitter at thoughts and eyes. Once again, E Y E S and spelled out. Feel free to let me know of any feedback or criticisms that you may have. Once again, thank you and be blessed.